everyone. Welcome to episode one of our Summer Spotlight series. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Viet Quang, who is currently uh, at KSU. He's going to give us a brief uh, background on you know, who he is, where he came from, and how he got here yes. in Georgia. Yes. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I'm Viet. I'm a composer. Um, also is teaching this year at KSU, and I understand you you're all alums. Yeah, yes. we are. Great. Shout out to all the grads, by the way. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up here in Marietta, um, like right around, like 15 minutes from where we currently are right now. Nice. Um, I, uh, well, I was born in California, but I moved to, um, or my family moved to Georgia when I was like, I'm gonna say six, six or seven. Oh, wow. So, for all intents and purposes, I am from Georgia. <laughs> uh, and I started on piano when I was like really young, um, like five or six. But I mean, what five or six year old likes practicing piano? <laughs> so, it wasn't me. Yeah, right. and like I was in Suzuki, which was like really regimented. Wow. Yeah, and I really didn't like it. Um, I feel like. At baseline, like a five or six year old wouldn't like piano, but mm -hmm. when doing Suzuki, where you like couldn't play them, I couldn't play the music I wanted to play, which was yeah. like uh, basically Disney tunes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I like quit shortly after mm. starting, um, and my mom didn't really know anything about music. Yeah. She just like no one in my family is a musician. Right. Um, wow. To this day, other than me. So. I, uh, you know, uh, kind of stopped that, mm -hmm. and, like, uh, by the time I got to middle school, though, I, or, like, right before middle school, I somehow had another interest in piano, mm -hmm. I think because I was a little bit older, and we were able to find, like, a teacher who, I like, Jenny's music, which oh, is, yeah, like, wow. in our yeah. home here, uh -huh. and, uh, she wasn't a Suzuki teacher, so yeah. she let me play what I wanted to play. Nice. And um, so I kind of picked it back up again, and I like miraculously remembered how to read music. Because <laughs> I don't really have many memories of being a five-year-old or six-year-old. Right. But I remembered how to like read treble clap, and wow. it came back really quickly. Yeah, I still yeah we're like, we need to do that. So after that, um, I was like more into practicing, but still didn't love it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I would, I always joke that I would trick my mom into thinking I was practicing by making up my own music. <laughs> so I would like, wow. like improvise that. these like early, simple, like improvisations in like mm -hmm. a minor, a natural minor. <laughs> and um, yeah, but I never wrote them down. Mm -hmm. But it was just like a fun thing for me to do gotcha. instead of practicing, you know. What um, inspired some of that impro like improv? That's so I interesting. Don't know. I just liked doing it. Mm -hmm. I think it was partly like a way to like, like my mom was like, you need to practice for 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. then I, I would Whatever. go and do that. I learn. <laughs> I'm about to play you know? And I guess I, I, I feel like I credit it to like Disney, like mm -hmm. my love of music from a young age. Mm -hmm. Like I love, I would just watch like Little Mermaid or Beauty and Beast like over and over. Those like, are some good like yeah, yeah. Some good scores. Really good scores. Scores. scores yeah really good scores like Alan Menken and yes. Howard Ashman just yeah. like really amazing songs and I just like I don't know I think I remember my mom has this like 
you know, big note stack paper mm. from when I was really little. Like, I think I wrote, like, like I wrote some notes yeah. that were, like, about a mermaid or something, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't know where exactly that, like, desire to improvise came from, but it was there. Um, and when I got to middle school, I went to, um, I spent a year at Simpson Middle School okay. around here mm-hmm. in sixth grade. And um, I joined band. Yes. And uh, it was interesting because, like, I don't know if I was, like, exactly really drawn to joining band, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, everyone did it yeah. mm-hmm. in sixth grade, whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, yep. they'd end up sticking with it, but, yeah. like, yeah. it just seemed like I something did. everyone did, you know? I did it to get out of jam. I'm yeah. well, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> 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 it is yeah. your fingers. <laughs> well, marching band is exercise. That is true. Uh, it's, 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 it's a way to get good tan. That's oh, the only reason I do bank camps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get tan. So what instrument did you play? Or? It was percussion. Because ah, you know, as every sense. every band director is yeah. like, who here plays piano? And then, you know, like, here percussion. So, like, I I was in. I was a percussionist, mm-hmm. and I still kept the piano lesson mm-hmm. thing going too. Um, but yeah, just um, I enjoyed that. But yeah. Simpson, um, like Mike Lynch, was one of the band directors, and he kind of like would have the percussionists off mm-hmm. in percussion land every yeah. day instead of just right. like in the back. Yep. Which was good in some ways because like obviously you get to learn percussion from like right. a percussionist yeah. and. Um, but then in seventh grade, my family moved to a different house um, mm. that was in the Mabry School District, which is nearby. Yeah, yeah. Yep, but yep. they didn't have like a percussion, like uh, assistant band director. Right. So it was like, you know, I was in the back with all the other percussions yeah. at Mabry. And I remember though in sixth grade at Simpson, I really loved like sitting or not sit, like I loved like playing in the back with the band because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we only do that for like concerts right, right. I loved yeah. it yeah. and so when we got to Mabry um, I just really enjoyed being like with the band every yeah. day yeah. and it was really there that I started to think like or to be really interested in maybe composing for a band mm-hmm. because I loved listening to it hearing yeah. it and also your percussionist Count a lot of rests. You're just right? sitting, right. You're just sitting back there. You're sitting there. Right. So I was counting so many rests, and when I wasn't like goofing off, I was <laughs> yeah. like listening. Yeah. And I would listen to, you know, I remember it was Laura Estes with the band director in seventh grade. Like she would be like, oh, can I hear like clarinets and flutes? Yeah. And oh, yeah. I would start to like learn how composers yeah. orchestrated yep. for yep. band. Got you. Um, and I remember in seventh or eighth grade, Laster had a like basically like a recruitment band camp mm-hmm. one weekend. You know, we go and like or basically be all the feeder middle yep. schools go and you know play some pieces. Do some thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and I remember one of the assistants at Laster at the time, Catherine Sinan Bushman, like had a finale notepad seminar where she was just like, oh, like everyone's tired of playing right now, so we'll just like have a little session on. This notation software, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which at the time was like the free notation software. Mm-hmm. Nowadays we have much more sophisticated, like MuseScore, MuseScore right. yeah. NoteFlight. Uh, yeah. But back then that was like now the Notepad was like the free one you could mm-hmm. get. And so I remember being like, "This is what I need," because I have like these like piano improvisations in my yeah. head. And I remember I also at the time loved Paco Bell's Canon. Mm-hmm. That was the most beautiful piece of music ever. I mean, I remember I had the CD I got like from like a Borders that was like oh, wow. Paco Bell on the <laughs> beach. 
and I thought it was like the most beautiful music I ever heard in my life. Wow. And so I remember I would like the way I taught myself music theory was like basically I would play the bass line of Pockwell's Canon and improvise my own like melodies over it. Yep, definitely with that. I mean, what is the age of middle schoolers again? I don't know what I was doing again? in seventh grade, like 11, <laughs> I, 12, 13, is that right? I was like trying to make it as a basketball star and a trumpet player. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mean one hook shot and I, right. I gave some good elbows. At least one so. thing came one, out. Yeah, I knew basketball is never gonna be my thing. You know? yeah. <laughs> I back still don't like music theory to this day, so that just like the whole improv. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Well, it was it's smart. Like, I remember yeah. I would like my dad would drive me to school, mm-hmm. and I remember like in the mornings like waiting for him to get ready and take me to school. He, mm-hmm. I would like just sit at the piano and like play. Oh my god! Yeah. Can't talk about Canada, and like I remember like. Just because I never had any music theory training until like AP music theory senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Same. Yep. And <laughs> but I remember like being like, oh, if, if the first note's a D, if I play a D over that, it sounds, I didn't know what the word was, but consonant, it sounds nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I play an F sharp over it, like a, a major tenth, like, oh, that sounds nice too, but if I play mm-hmm. an E, it doesn't sound quite right. It like mm-hmm. needs to go to either a D or an F. So like, those were just yeah. like kind of intuitive things mm-hmm. like problem solving yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely and just like learning like i remember learning like piano arpeggios and later learning like those sound pretty and those are chords like later on i would learn that that was a major yeah. triad right yep. but at the time yes. i didn't know what that was yeah right um yeah but so throughout in middle school i started like be interested in composing and i loved band music mm-hmm. I, would, I was such a nerd i would go on like jw pepper and look at you really oh, I did that. I yeah. definitely yeah. did that in middle of high school. And so, did you continue playing percussion through the rest of high school? Yeah, yeah. Did you um, marching band? I did. Ooh. So, mm. like, <laughs> that. it was great. I mean, I was usually because I had the piano background, they always mm-hmm. threw the mallet parts at me. The mallet me. parts, yeah. So, when I got to high school, I was like, well, I'll just be in pit because, <laughs> like, I'm better at playing mallets mm-hmm. than snare. Yeah. And I mean, I was never going to be on the snare line my freshman year anyway, but <laughs> like, I just joined Pitt and mm-hmm. it was really fun. Like, a lot of my friends at the time were in, also joined Pitt that year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one of my best friends, Kevin, was in Pitt with me, like, to this day, and still oh, my best friend. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I was in Pitt that year, and that mm-hmm. year, um, I mean, like, Lasseter at the time was like, an amazing program. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's like still a great program, but yes. back then it was just like they had just like won the Grand National. Yes, yeah. the BOA and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the, my freshman year we went to, it was called Coast to Coast in 37 Days. We went to both the Macy's and Rose Bowl parades in the same uh, wow. year, which was really incredible. I, I was remember hearing about tiring. this. Yeah. yeah. What if? What a great freshman year, right? I think yeah. if I was a senior, I would have been like, by the time the Rose Bowl came around, I'd been like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm give ready me to home. Go. Give yeah. me a yeah. bed. I'm done. Because I feel I, I would have. Yeah. 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 I'm like, ready I'm ready to go. Yeah. But as a freshman, you didn't know. It was like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, but the thing was, Pitt, like, what do you play in a parade? Mm-hmm. Like, our options were basically, you yeah. could audition to be on the snare line, which I was like, that's not going to work for me because I'm not <laughs> yeah. a great, like, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have chops quite <laughs> And you could do cymbals, and I was like, that doesn't sound fun. Like, doing, like, no offense to people who play cymbals, but just, like, 
marching in a parade with like heavy cymbals yeah. for yeah. five miles, yes. and it's like also like the sound of cymbals for and like it's that cold long. Cold in one place and yeah. hot in another. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, I want to do that, and then the last option was sleigh bells, oh. which was what most people in the pitch did, but it was just like the idea of doing that for like five miles, you know, <laughs> which just wasn't like appealing to me either. Yeah. So I asked my mom if I could, if she could buy me like plastic bundy clarinet on ebay oh. it was like 75 bucks mm-hmm. <laughs> and i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you see a lot of those as a band director oh i've seen them yeah. a lot yes yeah. yeah and at least we at least i didn't my mom didn't fall for like the you know the plastic clarinet like made in china the, min- like, the, the mindini, mindini? The wish. Like, i literally had a kid who just came with the mindini she's like i got a new clarinet Okay. And they look pretty. It I'm looks sure, great. But like the purple ones. Yeah. I feel like okay. these days they might be better quality, but back in like 2003, yeah. or like they yeah. probably weren't very yeah. good back then. Um, so I got that, and I went to the Classic Winds Music Store and bought like the Essential Elements wow. book. Yes. 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 Essential Elements. And basically taught myself clarinet and. Um, learned like all of the parade tunes on mm-hmm. it and then I remember playing for my band director to make so he could like make sure that yeah. I could actually play it yeah. wow um and yeah so basically I was also a clarinetist in high school because a lot of my best friends played clarinet mm-hmm. um and I would just kind of play it for fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then by the end of like my high school career I guess yeah because they like I switched to clarinet oh um, and uh, I think I always joke that I got tired of moving equipment. <laughs> yeah. She was um, like, "Here we go." Here yeah, we go. one way to fix it. But I, but throughout high school, I was like in percussion ensemble. Mm-hmm. I was like mostly a percussionist. But by yeah. the end, I like very end, I kind of switched to clarinet. Um, so now that I know this story, like some of your music, it definitely has those influences in them. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of yours is Renewal, and I was like, "Where did this concept mm-hmm. come from?" And I'm like. Interesting, but now knowing your percussion background and everything like that, I'm like, it makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, I even though I like kind of stopped playing percussion, I still yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the last so time fun. you picked it up? Picked up some um, percussion. Well, you know, like I recently was in Nashville at Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing a recording session, and uh, they had all the percussion equipment there, and I just like. Picked up like the teacher G. I was like, try something. I remember my skill. Right, let's, let's see if I remember real quick. Yeah. Boom. Could not really play anything fast or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to like get around, but yeah. Um, I went. I'm at Western Michigan University, so we played Bullseye. Yeah. We actually had you yeah, in yeah. for an interview, and we were listening to all these pieces these past couple of days, and I'm like. There's just something like fresh and new and mm-hmm. like hip about all your music. And I really like appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bullseye is very difficult, especially I trumpet. Right? I did, yeah. and it gave me a lot of headaches, yeah. especially with all these like COVID-19 procedures. Because that little C you wrote in the beginning part, some days it came out just air. Some days it was way too loud. C. I need to. Ask, I need to ask someone about that C. It's, it's you know, it just, sometimes it's it just don't miss. come out. Sometimes yeah. it just. Yeah. And then they go to the B after, and that B was sharp. <laughs> but it was, right. I call it brilliant. Better oh, <laughs> that than flat, right? right. I just it's call true. that sinning in the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Send it on, send it on. Um, and I really think that your music 
yes, it has this fresh thing and people love playing music. How does it feel that your music is everywhere now? Like, everyone is playing it now. Like, UT, University of North Texas, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Western Michigan, Kennesaw, yeah. everywhere. I feel like if I look at a program, I'm going to see a work by you. How does that feel? It's incredible. I mean, I think back to when I was like, you know, 14 or 15 mm -hmm. when I first started to really like in earnest try to compose. Yeah. Like, it's really bad music, but like, I remember like our, my second year of high school, our percussion ensemble went to Midwest. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing experience in many ways, even though I had like food poisoning, I remember. And I was like, oh, God dragging these marimbas upstairs. I had, I had a sickness at Midwest last year. I saw you, and I wanted to say hello. Oh, you should have. But I was sick. Oh, yeah. Well, I understand that struggle. So. <laughs> yeah, I was sick. Yeah. But back, back then, it was at the Hilton Hotel, but, like, yeah. it's a very similar experience. Yeah. And I remember as a student, like, you get that really heavy-ass, like, program boat. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, like, I remember as, like, a 13- or 14-year-old, however old it was, like, flipping through the pages of that and being, mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, so many so like, wouldn't it be amazing to like have a piece played here one day? Right. And now to like have pieces played at Midwest mm -hmm. by groups like you mentioned mm -hmm. and like CBD and I just yeah. Right, yeah. I like all I can say is it just feels really incredible but also just like man like my fourteen year old self would just yeah. be like wouldn't believe it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Wow. Um and to I remember like trying to find like I remember I like bought like an American Elegy like a score mm, Brenda Kelly's Brenda score Kelly's beef. and I remember like trying to find him to get an autograph and I yes. couldn't but now like you know I'm pretty sure you and Frank text yeah well, like you yeah. emailed me like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like for him to like remember who I am even if so wow. cool. yeah but to think also that like some younger students might think of me in the same way that they I thought do. of Brenda Kelly yes um, yes. I know that's true. <laughs> no, I think that that's a possibility, or could one day be a possibility. Yeah. I, did, I remember when we like lined you up for the series, and I was just like, I don't know how I would feel. Like I feel nervous just playing in front of people, but having music that other people play at mm -hmm. any time in the world that you possibly don't even know sometimes, right. yes. that would just give me another level of anxiety. <laughs> that I, like I know I wrote it, and it's obviously mm -hmm. people liking it is good, but I'll be like, oh my god, they yeah. played it again. Yeah, Very. that's that is a weird experience and I remember like when I had my first win ensemble piece played in college mm -hmm. um my first real one <laughs> it was just really nerve-wracking because it's like your colleagues and you know them and like yeah. Um, yeah. you know that like there's never any piece of music that everyone will love mm -hmm. yeah, right you sure. just hope that like most people have a good experience with it yes mm -hmm. and it still doesn't that feeling doesn't go away like being kind of anxious about yeah every time you send off a piece like Hope they like it. Or yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to composition, this is something I always ask composers because mm -hmm. it's so interesting to me. Like, how, when you're going through the process, do you think about creating new, fresh music without trying to go, I don't know, like, to the super far right, to the super far left? Like, where where do you find yourself within the process of, like, creation? That's a good question because I think it's kind of, like, futile <laughs> to try mm -hmm. to, like, to... Um, write music to please people mm -hmm. because like the audience will it's always be different yeah. right. mm -hmm. um, depending on what kind of audience it is or yeah. where yeah. it's being played or what kind of ensemble it is so ultimately you have to like write music that will be satisfying for a performer in mm -hmm. some way and that is a little bit you can control that a little bit more right. because yes. there are things that are standardized about playing the flute or trumpet yes. right yes, yes. like 
I know that writing like you know a pianissimo super high D on the flute is not going to be an enjoyable experience. No. <laughs> well, it's like, no. Or just not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Or not possible. laughs> oh. I don't play piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break that to all the composers out there. Right. Oh. And so like that stuff, you can have a little bit more like of a gauge on like what will mm-hmm. be perceived or accepted well. Right. But other than that, it's like you can. You just have to like, write music that you find satisfying yes. and that you believe in. Because you can tell when a composer is being honest. Yes. Or yes. when you feel like they're phoning it in or when they're yes. like trying to yep. pander. Yes. 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 Especially with band music, I think a lot of people. Oh, Especially oh <laughs> with. That's a whole music. can of worms. Yeah. 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 And there are different reasons for that, I think. You know, especially with like educational music, mm-hmm. there are so many limitations to where sometimes the composer feels like they can't write what they want to write. Right. Um, oh my gosh, well, it was the thing we were just talking about the other day with the was it Tulsa Symphony that the, the yes. yeah the composer, the composer. yeah when well, he wanted to write um, I can't I wish I had it up in my memory but um, just the idea of censorship with music mm-hmm. nowadays right, right. is just. I don't know. It's crazy how it's still happening, right? Um, and we know. I mean, we know why it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole thing that happened with the Detroit Symphony and that letter they got from mm-hmm. one of their right. yeah. patrons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything. True. Yeah. I mean, so for you and like we, all of us in some sense are minorities. So mm-hmm. for you, how do you feel like? Because you know, you're in this field that is. I mean, our field in general is just very. Eurocentric is white male dominated. It's just mm-hmm. the truth of the matter. So, for you, how does it feel to see yourself like integrated now within our musical canon? It's like, um, what's the right word for this? It's strange mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, whether or not they realize it or not, when they see my name on a program, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that sounds different than what mm-hmm. I've heard before. Mm-hmm. And they'll think, oh, it sounds like maybe an Asian name. And then they have this preconceived notion yep. of, yep. What yep. of what your music will sound like. Mm-hmm. And I don't, but I think oftentimes people are surprised. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, your music sounds so American or whatever. It's like, <laughs> but I am an American. Yeah. Right, like, you are. <laughs> like, it's happened to me. You're a Georgian. Yeah. Right, exactly. I, I grew up in Georgia playing a marching band. Oh, yeah. right. I was at real song, night. real song. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. every Friday football game, like, I, like, yeah. and that's all I know. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't an immigrant. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't born in Vietnam, didn't come here. So it's, like, this weird feeling that, you know, you feel like people here assume you're not American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then if I were to go to Vietnam, mm-hmm. I think everyone there would assume I was not from there. Yeah, right. got you. I and understand. Yeah, it's wow. like this identity where you kind of feel like, you know, where do I belong? Right. But the thing is with music, and I always say this is like music, like in band especially, like healed me mm-hmm. as a kid. Because as a kid, I felt like mm-hmm. you know this area right <laughs> there aren't very many vietnamese people and even in the last year especially there weren't even that many like asian yeah right yep, so yep, yep. um i felt so like alienated in so mm-hmm. many ways mm-hmm. and music was a place where it was like kind of where you could be part of something mm-hmm. and have like this greater good like we're yes, all yeah. trying to make this marching show as great as possible we're yeah. all trying to sound as good as we can at festival mm-hmm. yeah and it was where like what i looked like didn't yeah, matter. Did yeah. Yep. And that was so beautiful to me. Yeah. And also, yeah. like with the marching band, it's like you can kind of like, it was like where I felt like I belonged somewhere, yeah. and I had pride in it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't think I'd ever been proud of something. Yeah. In my life before Brian Band. Wow. You know. 
I'm so glad that you said that because uh, as a teacher, we're, you know, in that recruiting process for, you know, upcoming students. And that's what I always say is you're going to be a part of a family. This mm-hmm. is bigger yeah. than just you. You're going to find your niche. And so I'm so glad that you said that because it is. I know for me, being in band really taught me life lessons. Like yeah. some of the lessons that I still hold today, I learned in band. And so mm-hmm. I know that is a story for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you found your way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And I'm glad you do too. Yeah. <laughs> I think also um, in band, at least compared to other areas of the classical music world, mm-hmm. there is more diversity in leadership. Yeah. Like my band director is legendary, um, band oh, Alfred yes. Watkins. Of course. Oh, yes. And Watkins. If you don't know him, he's an African American yes. musician. Yes. And Built last year. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And kind of to like see a person of color mm-hmm. at the helm of mm-hmm. such a legendary program yes. it really sends a message to the community and also the students like mm-hmm. you can you can do it yeah. even yes. if you're not you know a white or straight man yes. you, yes. you can find your way and you can make things happen if you you know if you have the, the guts yeah I know that's something like we all three are like really like in our own ways like trying to like either create music like commission works program works that um, like show what is in the classroom at that time not just what has always been done and just like show like what we like surround ourselves with and what we're moving forward Mm -hmm. because if we keep bogging ourselves down with the War horses, which they have a place in our repertoire. Right. Yes. We don't have to get rid of them. But. Exactly. Right. But yeah. we have to, like, I think we have to play music that represents our classrooms, yep. our community, and mm-hmm. our, like, what we're about, right. not yeah. what we were about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's the only way music's going to, like, keep going forward. Yeah. yeah. And it's a self perpetuating thing where, like, you know, if, like, a, if a young student wants to say, mm-hmm. be a band director, and the only people they know who are band directors are, like, what has always been right then it's like it does take like someone with like the nerve to be like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it anyway yeah yeah kind of like the pioneers like Alfred Watkins or something but a lot of students aren't that way no Mm -hmm. and you want to inspire everyone in the Mm -hmm. classroom and yeah you know like i think just well this is like a a story where i was like at a high school in texas Mm -hmm. working with a high school and i remember like noticing a lot of Asian students mm-hmm. in this band program, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting, really. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I did the clinic, and it wasn't really something we talked about, but yeah. afterwards, like, a number of them came up to me and, like, asked, like, questions that were kind of, like, unique to the Asian-American experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And about, like, in terms of being an artist and, like, mm-hmm. how they uh, convince their parents. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. there's, like, different experiences that, like, I, I hope that maybe like the conversation I had with them like mm-hmm. or at least for a, for a couple minutes they had like a safe space to like talk yeah. to someone Absolutely. I can I can say from experiences talking meeting some of these uh, these pioneers mm-hmm. within our field like I remember we played a, I think it was Muscle Lanka 10 yep. mm-hmm. like it was our so- junior year at KSU yep. and it was the southeast premiere I want to say and uh, Alfred Watkins was there and I remember like Afterwards, it felt so good. Like, that piece in general was just amazing and everything that it meant to, you know, the composer after his passing and everything. And his uh, son was crazy. But afterwards, I remember Alfred coming, like, back 
and he found me and he was like young lady what is your name and then we just had this whole conversation and you know for me that was everything you know having someone who's been in the field that long and to recognize like what i'm doing like that's what propels me forward you know because i want to see them seeing more of us out doing what they paved the way for okay. so i know those conversations are so important and i love every opportunity that i get to go into schools exactly and like talk to these students and show them hey I'm doing it. You can do it too. Um, and with kids, it's like we know that they're very much like they look at something and go, "That is something now." Like it's in their brain. They remember yep. things a lot. So yes. them seeing, I saw, you know, a black flute player like who does this professionally. They go, "That sticks there," you know. Yes. Yeah. And so representation matters. That's like yes. a huge thing. So and you are a huge part of this conversation now. You know, with every all your works and everything that you do, and it's just. It's amazing to see. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, I think it's like just. I'll tell a story of like where I had a premiere at a school in the Midwest. And I remember I like went up and spoke about my piece and I, you know, just told them about a little bit about myself and also like my bio is in the program note and everything. And I remember like an audience member liked the piece and came up and spoke to me afterwards and she was like oh like how much longer are you here for and i remember oh. saying like oh just till tomorrow because i was like after a piece of premiere yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Of course. <laughs> i was like i'm gonna go home tomorrow and she's like oh you came here just for this and it's like yeah i mean like philly's an hour plane right away yeah <laughs> and then she's like oh i'm so sorry i thought that you like yep. were going back to asia or something oh. and it was like an honest mistake mm -hmm. and Mm. It's just like because she doesn't really meet composers yes. named Viet Quang much. Yes. And like, at the end of the day, like, I view those things as like, well, she'll never like make that mistake again. Yeah. Right. Yep. And her kind of worldview is probably changed by yes. that experience. Those to like, teaching moments. Yeah. yeah. To, and like, I wasn't mad. It mm -hmm. was just like, you know, uh, part of my mission mm -hmm. as a composer right. is to show that an American composer yes. can look like me and can be named yes. Viet Quang. Yes. 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 And can write whatever music they want. Yes. Any of it. Because yes. that's <laughs> the beauty of it. It's like being an artist is you can yeah. make whatever career you want. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one of the last questions I have to ask. Are you going to be writing for a Disney film? Because that, <laughs> that is would like be your, so insane. That would be so that. amazing. That would be so insane. I don't know people at Disney, but I'll find Disney, you know, Disney, like, hello. Yeah. I know, you got people out here. Seeing how like crazy Soul was. And the, yeah. That was a Soul wonderful had. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I just want to see them do more things like mm -hmm. that, you know. And I feel like we were just talking about this on the way over here, actually. How film score, especially yeah, Disney, just... It's insane, like how beautiful and just beautiful. how intricate they get, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I love it. That would be amazing. Oh, I, would, I mean, I would love to. I just like, I feel like as a composer, I just want to keep doing more and more things I haven't done. Because mm -hmm. that's how you stay like creative and right. um, excited to yes. write. So I would love that, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, it was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for you know just. Saying yes, we're literally in your backyard. Like this is not our normal Zoom setup. So thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thanks for having of me. Course, of course. I'm excited to see like 
all the other guests that you have. Oh, absolutely. And we're excited to see everything that you have to come in the future. We're going to be following you every step of the way. Thank you. And so can you tell our audience before we leave how they can find you, find your music, everything like that? It should be very easy search, y'all. Yeah. Uh, So my website is vietquongmusic.com. My Instagram is vietquongmusic. Same as my Twitter, Vietquang Music, and um, Facebook. I'm just Facebook.com/slash Vietquang. Perfect. Nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yay.